Welcome to Business Baby, a small business podcast for pals. If you want to call me baby, yeah, go ahead. And if you like business, maybe, it's what I said. And if you want to talk for hours, come on, go ahead. And if you need to buy some flowers, that's business, baby. Today we are talking to Catherine McKenney, City Councilor for Somerset Ward 14. Catherine was elected to Ottawa City Council in 2014 and re-elected in October 2018. Catherine is committed to improving life for everyone in their community, including more affordable housing, better transit, childcare, more trees, streets that are built for people, better public spaces, protecting our heritage, and supporting local business. And can I tell you, like, the name of your podcast, yes. Business Baby, is so clever. Oh, like, you'll never forget it, right? I'm like, thank you. I'll never forget that. Thank Business you. Baby. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> Something that I find very exciting about you, like, personally, is, like, I I think, I academically, I'm not a very political person in the sense that, like, I don't understand a lot about policies. I don't understand politics at, like, a more academic level. But for me, like politics and community are like what's important and Mm -hmm. I think it's like so um important and refreshing to see like queer non-binary trans people in leadership roles and Mm -hmm. um I think that's like it's just obviously like that kind of representation is very exciting and I'm sure like in that time when you were working in politics like that was probably something like you didn't see very much is that accurate it is it is and it isn't I'll tell you that one of the city councillors I worked for Alex Munter yeah who was a counselor in Canada and I lived in Canada at the time yeah and uh and I went to work for him he was the first openly gay city councillor in in the city of Ottawa yeah and that's going back to the late 90s 1990s you know it's it's remarkable really how far we've we've come because Mm -hmm. I remember those early campaigns and they were openly homophobic and nasty and it really, you know, over time it was better nuanced, I suppose you could say, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but, but it was, you were allowed to be homophobic really and to express those feelings, you know, so, so I did, you know, I watched that and I watched, and I, you know, I was very out at the time obviously but but I wasn't a public figure you know so I saw the difference between my experience and his experience and just how it it changed over time I'll tell you can I tell you a really funny story about it of course you can okay so (laughs) this is Canada and I loved living in Canada at the time I was able to to work with a community that was just starting to grow and develop and Mm -hmm. it's funny because I live in Canada so then Alex and I don't think we look anything alike, but we're both kind of short with dark hair, short dark oh, hair. God. And people often thought we were brother and sister. Oh my God. <laughs> I know, oh, it was very God. funny. Yeah. yeah. I, so I, or sometimes people would would mix us up. They think yeah. I was Alex. I'd be like, no, I'm not Alex. And I'd be like, oh, you must be his sister. I'm like, nope. They're like, do you live together? I'm like, nope. No, I'm a no. different person. No, I'm a whole own- different person. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no. It's just, you know, it just goes back to that, that visibility right like yeah. people yeah um you know they didn't mean anything by it but yeah. just weren't used to seeing like openly queer people in the community like this yeah. is going back you know 20 yeah. some years so you know I think about where we've come to but but it is still so important that yeah. anybody yeah. with any type of profile or influence really uses that to ensure that we're, you know, making space for, for people who, who don't have it or, or, or just, you know, opening up that conversation uh, that's, that's needed around queer issues for sure. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about it a lot from like a small business stance. So right now I'm like Mm. mentoring another um, queer non-binary business owner, and we've just been doing like zoom meetings about like next steps they can take, whatever. And one thing we always kind of like get into is like, I always say to them, like, I think it would be really good to talk to other like non-binary and queer business owners and ask them about their experiences. But it's like, I don't really know who to recommend Mm. because 
I don't really know of a lot of storefronts in Ottawa that are owned by like queer non-binary trans people. And like, I'm non-binary and queer and I'm open about that. And this other person is, but like, it's so weird to me to like, not be able to offer other examples. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's so limiting. Absolutely. It and is. like, it is. And I started my business. I was 24 when I started my business and I was like only out as queer. I was like not openly non-binary. Um, but I struggled a lot with just like, like navigating everything as like a young femme presenting person. Like it was like a nightmare for me. How bad? I really, it kind of like sucked. Cause I was saying to this person, like one thing I'm just going to say now is especially when it comes to like permits and city stuff and like meetings with landlords and meetings with banks like it's going to be a lot of like misgendering it's going to be a Mm -hmm. lot of like really problematic conversations and like I had to say to them like I don't really know a route for you where that's not going to happen because it doesn't exist like I don't know like a, a queer only bank that you go to I don't know like contractors who are like queer contract you know what I mean like I don't have even though I've been in small business all these years, but don't have a list of resources to like provide for my community. It's like still that element of like, you just have to <laughs> kind of navigate it. And that's like really rough. And I, I was thinking about that with you as well. Who would be your kind of like mentors, especially in Ottawa, there isn't really a lot mm-hmm. of like non-binary and trans people who've come before you who like were in politics. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, because when I ran, I used to tell people like, you know, I, I think I ran, there were 11 of us and I think three of us were, were queer, right? There yeah. were two men who, you know, were, were gay. And so yeah. it wasn't, you know, being queer certainly wasn't a disadvantage. I think it was an advantage actually <laughs> in Somerset Wars. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I really do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, because, you know, it's, it's a part of the city that really attracts diversity that really, you know, we obviously there's lots of, you know, if you're marginalized, you know, lots of issues, but, but overall it's a, you know, downtown Ottawa is a pretty uh, open place and, yeah. uh, you know, and, you know, like a village and like, there's a whole history, you mm-hmm. know, queer history in, in, in downtown Ottawa. But, but really, you know, when you think about, I, you know, um, being trans, non-binary, there, there are, you know, obviously many trans people who, you know, live in, in the city, yeah, across the yeah. city, downtown, yeah. but yeah, to be able to, you know, to be able to, point to somebody and say you know what like you know I'm just like them right like that 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 kind of role model and and you know when I I didn't I don't know that I ever came out trans I came out queer at one point um and then you know I was just trans (laughs) it it was just you know and so everybody just all my friends you know people who knew me yeah uh, knew that I had identified as non-binary trans you know I transition uh, you know for about a year uh, you know and and kind of settled like where where I'm at and then I just never talked about it again it was just there right yeah yeah and 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 when I ran for council when I became a counselor again I just assumed everybody knew like it just (laughs) just it never occurred to me that I I know it was and and when I and, and when it happened it was funny it was it was a tweet uh, Amanda Jenny Knox actually tweeted out one one yeah. evening, and this is like about I don't know four or five years ago, four years ago. Yeah. And she said, "You know, let's just tell everybody who we are. We're just like normal everyday people. Um, so tell me who you are. Uh, you're tra- if you're trans and who you are." So I yeah. just responded to that. Right? I said, yeah. "Oh, hi, I'm Catherine McKinney, yeah. city councilor, trans non-binary," <gasps> and it went viral. I was <laughs> like, I was stunned. <laughs> Yeah. I gonna, yeah. Because I, I, I just never, I never thought about it as news. I just assumed yeah. everybody knew, yeah. um, but people didn't, right? And then media started to be in touch, and I was, I have to admit, I was a bit taken aback, and yeah. uh, only because I, I didn't think it was news. I kept saying yeah. to people, "I'm not sure that I want to." Not that I didn't want to talk about it. I'm very open. Like I, yeah. that wasn't the issue. I just didn't, I just didn't treat it as news, yeah. but it, but it. You know, 
over time, I realized how important it was for others to have somebody who's in the public eye, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and obviously uh, you do as a, as a politician, you do have influence and yeah. you use yeah. it well, that's a good thing. So I realized, you know what, that's what I have, to, like, I have to continue to say it out loud, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and, and put it out there. But, you know, like in your circumstance, when you think about it, right? Like while you were talking, I'm like, yeah, like who else do I yeah. know, right? Yeah. Like what yeah. are those resources, even like in small business, in healthcare, in education, like, yeah. you know, where do we go? And I think about my daughter who's, you know, 14, almost 15 and, yeah. you know, very different for them, right? Like yeah. they're just like, it's just there, right? Like yeah. their friends are, you know, yeah. I use they, them pronouns and mm-hmm. they don't think twice about it, but you know, that's that generation, even, you know, people as young as you still don't have, um, or haven't had that experience yeah. necessarily growing up. Yeah. 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 I feel like for me in my personal life, I was like using they, them pronouns, like way before I kind of brought it into my business life. And even now, mm-hmm. like I constantly get misgendered at work and I don't correct people just because I feel very vulnerable at work, kind of sometimes advocating for myself as a non-binary person, but I also feel like I'm still on my journey of like dismantling my own like internalized Mm -hmm. transphobia, homophobia. And I almost feel like it's wrong what I'm about to say, but sometimes I feel like people will stop following my business if they find out I'm non-binary or they won't want to shop because Mm -hmm. I'm non-binary. And obviously intellectually, I'm like, I wouldn't want those people anyways, but my vulnerable like heart is like, I don't want to be attacked for something that is already like very tender. Do do you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and especially as like very public facing people. And I'm sure you can relate to this. It's there's so much more pressure. There's um, and I'm sure you feel it all the time. Like it must feel so much heavier for you to also have to succeed and then also be like non-binary and trans, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's Mm -hmm, just like mm -hmm. another layer of like expectation, which is like the opposite of what it should be. But it's because you do have this whole community behind you. Who's like, just so excited for this, like first time thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's funny. You should raise that because I do struggle a little bit. I'll be honest with you. Um, and with everybody who's going to listen. Oops, here goes. Yep. But, but I, you know what, I, and it, so with misgendering, I know that it happens and yeah. I know that people don't always mean, I know some people do, they yes. don't care that, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I, I get that. Yeah. But overall, I think most people just either don't know, yeah. don't know how, yeah. for just forget uh, publicly, you know, people will become very protective of, of my, my, my yeah. pronouns. Right. Yes. So yes. they'll jump on yes. social media. Yeah. And so I often struggle a little bit with that. Cause I, I never yeah. want people to feel like, Oh, I made a mistake. And therefore I'll yeah. just never talk about you again. Cause yeah. I'm not sure, you know, if I make that mistake again. So, so I don't, I don't tend to call people out like, publicly unless unless I think it's really deliberate exactly exactly uh but other than that I I tend not to Mm -hmm. I tend to let you know sometimes somebody will just be talking and they'll use the wrong pronoun and I just let it go you know other times (laughs) you know I'm like I I correct it yeah and yeah I think it's but I think that for me, it's, and, and I guess it's talking about yourself and it's yeah. your business and your business is a, a very personal thing, right? Yeah. Like yeah. people walk into your business. They see yes. what you're yes. selling. They see what, like, I'll be honest with you, Joe, like yeah. for me to have a garage sale, like, like traumatizes me. Like the <laughs> fact that people come and look at my stuff and then purchase it. Honestly, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm like, re- yeah. I'm actually really weird about it. My yeah. wife is like, Oh my God, you're so weird. Yeah. <laughs> I keep the door closed. I just look outside. <laughs> right? She's like, I'll go do it. Or, you know, our yeah, kid yeah. has like a garage sale. And I'm like, no, I don't want anyone looking at my stuff. Yeah, Just give it away. So I, I get that owning a business is a very personal thing, yeah. right? Like you're letting people in and a, a bit similar, you know, in terms yeah. of, of, being a politician, like 
my thoughts are out there, ideas, my opinions. So then to layer onto that, this constant kind of monitoring people's language can be difficult, right? So I always appreciate it when others kind of, you know, do the little corrections for me. Yeah, me too. but But I also don't want kids or someone else to think that it's okay right so it's Mm -hmm. it's it's a fine line to navigate it really is hey you huh want to get informed about green business practices understand your options and find some free resources for your biz heck yeah then you need to visit ottawa green business by envirocenter but what if my business is on a tight budget oh you mean You need free resources? No, I said tight budget. Weren't you listening? Yikes. Well, if you like free things like me, I love them. In fact, they have the Green Business Toolkit, lots of free workshops about sustainability and how to make your business green, and of course, an info blog you can follow that covers a buttload of topic. Honestly, Ray, as the manager of a small business, what does sustainability look like for you? For me, sustainability would look like having like nice and easy things that you can do in your day that don't like impede like just your every everyday like regular tasks that you already have to do in a small business. Yeah, because I think a lot of times when people want to make their business more green, they always think like, I don't know anything about my impact. I don't know anything about sustainability. I don't know how to change. I already have a million emails to answer. And it can be quite daunting. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, very daunting. And don't you wish there was a place where you could just like go, like, like just look it up online and maybe someone else has already figured this out? Like a place that would just have a bunch of resources ready for you already, you mean? I'm thinking of something like that exactly. Do you know of anything? I do know of something. If your business is ready to take concrete action on climate, reduce emissions, build projects, set targets, and track progress, you want personalized support and customized tools to get you there, visit ottawagreenbusiness.ca by EnviroCenter. One thing I was thinking about while you were talking is when you were talking about like having a storefront, how it's like really vulnerable. And I feel like you like touched on something. It's kind of a different topic, but I want to talk about it Mm -hmm. anyways. Something I've been talking about with a lot of business owners in the city, and especially during the time of like the convoy, but in -hmm. general around, um, the pandemic as well is, and I'm sure you've seen this, but I feel like there's kind of been like this unfair task put on business owners to establish their own standards of like what's safe as far as like contact, Mm -hmm. if they should stay open during times like the convoy, whatever. And that element of actually having a storefront where people can walk into, it makes Mm -hmm. like, it makes it so much harder to have like a public stance. And I think I've always been kind of like very vocal about things on social media, but I think pandemic. And then Mm. of course, when the convoy was here was the first time that I was like really nervous, how um, aggressive or how intense I want it to be because I started to think a lot more about like the vulnerability of my staff and Mm -hmm. how, you know, I'm not always at my shop and my shop is a queer space and I have customers who are queer. I have like the BIPOC community coming in, working with me, like all this stuff. And I have to be so much more mindful of talking about my ethics. Of course. Um, And I'm sure you saw that a lot when we saw like a lot of small businesses being attacked, whether it was like when the occupation was happening, whether it's just in pandemic in general, talking about masking, talking Mm -hmm. about vaccines. And I'm kind of just curious, what is it like for you to see like all these businesses in your district, like having to Mm -hmm. navigate that, you know? You know what? It's, uh, it's, it's a conversation I've had with, with some businesses for sure. And I obviously uh, greatly sympathize with small businesses, especially around coming out of the mandates right yeah, yeah. vaccine mandates and masking yeah. 
And I feel as though small businesses, uh, can you, you know, have been left to themselves, right? Like yeah, going 100%. into these mandates was yeah. easier, right? You're like, I have no choice. Here's, yeah. here's yeah. public health is saying, here's the poster on the front of my door. Yeah. You can't come in here without a mask, you know, or, um, and in some cases, uh, a vaccine uh, passport. That was still difficult for businesses. I don't, I don't discount that at all. But at least it was, you were supported by the province, Mm -hmm. medical officers of health, you know, health guidelines. Coming out of that, it's been a nightmare. I don't like, I just, I don't know that, that people making these decisions appreciate how vulnerable we've left small businesses to navigate that because you get it from both sides, right? Like I talked to some small businesses who are saying like, you know, people who want to keep the masks and keep the mandates, but especially the masks, right? Yeah. They feel very strongly about it. And so, and then on the other side, people come in and say, well, I don't have to, and therefore I'm not going to. And you're in the middle of two like very polarized, you know, yeah. views. I mean, we can all decide which one we we agree with, yeah. but you know, but when you're there standing at yeah. the door, you know, yeah. they're polarized, right? And yeah. they, and and so you're 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 having to navigate that without any, you know, without without any public policy, without any, you know, government, you know, just influence into that it's mm-hmm. I find I, I find that the way we've come out of the the masking uh, mandate especially to have been really really difficult on on small business more than anyone yeah, I, I, I well I mean schools yeah. obviously and, and children yeah. but in terms of workplace right I can go into my workplace for the most part Mm-hmm. and you know mask and stay behind a closed door you know stay yeah. in my office but if you're working in retail, if you're running a small business, it's not the it's not the it's not the case. So, and then layer on top of that the illegal occupation, right? Like, yeah. And yeah. How, you know mm-hmm. the loss of <laughs> revenue. Like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. Bank Street. I would just yeah. look at them and think, I don't know how you are surviving, and we're going to yeah. lose you. We're going to lose yeah. some of the small businesses, and it's. Yeah. It's heartbreaking, right? Because really when is. you think yeah. about, when you think about, well, first off, it's just people's livelihoods, right? Like yeah. I can't imagine had yeah. I lost my job over the convoy, yeah. right? Just yeah. like, okay, that's it. Mm-hmm. Go find something else. But at, at the same time, you know, we've got, when you think about the communities we want to live in and, and the, the types of neighborhoods we want to live in, you know, small businesses that make up our main streets anywhere in the city yeah. uh, that, you know, those, they, they need the same thing as residents do. Right. And residents yeah. need them. And they, yeah. you know, like I tell people all the time, I don't live, I live like near both Chinatown and, and little Italy. Like I lived yeah. here in the corner of the two. Um, I tell people, I don't live here because I like the color of the asphalt on the sidewalks, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. I yeah. like it because of the shops. I like it because yeah. of the businesses. Like, yeah. this is why, this is what draws me to my neighborhood, right? I can yeah. walk and I can, you know, it, it, there's interesting uh, local businesses and, you know, other things, parks and, what, and whatnot and people. Yeah. But, but yeah, so again, like the, you know, just how businesses were just so um, greatly impacted. Friday, Saturday, the buildup, seeing how many businesses that I know that I, mm-hmm. you know, I know the owners personally, whatever it is posting, like we're going to have to close or, yeah. you know, like some places already getting like threats on the phone or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. I was just like really taken back seeing so many of these posts of like these small businesses kind of like in danger. But then at the same time, it's like, okay, but we've just been doing this for two years and it's Valentine's Day, like time, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. you know, for small business, January and February, you are cash negative the whole time. It is the hardest time to survive for a small business. It yeah. is the worst. You're coming off the holidays in December. So everyone has spending fatigue. You spend two months, no money. Literally yeah. Valentine's Day is the only thing if you can you know, use it to your advantage. It's the only thing that brings money. And for us, it's the only thing that gets people shopping. So when I think about, for example, Venus Envy, 
I know for them, that's one of their biggest holidays of the year. It's one of their biggest shopping weekends of the year. So when I think about, you know, a weekend like that for a business like them can sustain them for months and help them, you know, pay their staff, make rent, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. When I was seeing all these posts, I was like, I really think people don't understand. And it was before it really started to escalate. But in my mm-hmm. mind, I remember thinking, I don't think people understand like how much this is actually going to like yeah. jeopardize the businesses we love, you yeah. know? Yeah. And the people, it's like, yeah. like the, it's the people behind it too, right? I mean, it is the businesses we yeah. love. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that was my, my last point, right? It's like, yeah. it's why we live where we do, where we should, yeah. why we shop where we do, right? Yeah. Like, um, but, but also the people behind yeah. each of yeah. these closures, right? You think about that first weekend too. I remember when the Rito Center closed, I was like, oh, thank God they closed the Rito Center. Cause it was just, it was out of control. Yeah. I was yeah. terrified for people in the, yeah. like, as I was watching it unfold, I was like, somebody's going to get hurt. So they're like, okay, we shut it. But then two days later, it's not open a week later. I was like, mm-hmm. oh God, yeah. like it's not going to open again. And yeah. And then again, if you, I had a business in there. Are they getting paid? No. You no, know, like, no, no, they're not they getting can't. paid. Yeah. And yeah. we've already come out of two years of staff, most staff not having regular pay. And like places yes. who can afford to do, like we try to, when we closed a few times for COVID, when cases got high, we paid our staff to stay home. But it's also like, I can't afford to keep doing that if other things happen. Do you know of what course. I mean? So even yeah. the businesses we love, who we respect, who pay their staff fairly, there is a limit of how much we can do without resources. And I think it's pretty common that people cannot pay their staff to stay home. And then it's like, like of you're course. saying, it's like this yeah. pressure of these poor employees. Okay. Again, you're back to staying home. You're back to like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get no, so was... worked up because I'm <laughs> just like. <laughs> it was so horrible. It was so yeah. horrible. Yeah, uh, on so many levels, yeah. uh, and absolutely, and businesses. Can I tell you one day going down, yeah. um, going down uh, into Center Town? I, mean, yeah. I went down most days, but this a couple of days in particular, I was hearing from people who didn't have food, who who were afraid to leave, right, to get yeah. food for their, yeah. their their pets. So uh, the Humane Society donated like tons of food. So Amazing. I went in my yeah. little Volkswagen, yeah. picked it all up. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, I went out and around. Just, yeah, I just started delivering food, yeah. right? So I was just like, I, I think people thought, who is this, right? I'd have like a big <laughs> bags of dog food under each arm, and I'd run down Bank Street, oh run God. through the occupation, yeah, yeah. Like, move, move. yeah. They didn't know whether I was one of them, or they're like, <laughs> are you delivering dog food to somebody up there? Like, so they just left me yeah, alone. Yeah. But I remember being on Bank Street that day. Yeah. And just it's an image I will never forget. Like there were fires burning in like in cans big canisters there were the transit bus stops were turned into like makeshift coffee places like you know like the street had just been taken over it was just filled with trucks and and people yelling and I just you just look at all those businesses and you're like they're all closed up yeah you've closed all of people's livelihoods all people are scared terrified. Like one thing I tried to explain, like anyone who was out of town who was asking me what it was like, and then they were like, but it's not really in your neighborhood, right? I would be like, the thing is, it's affecting all the neighborhoods because the community is scared. People are grieving. People are staying home. Like every neighborhood is slow right now. Like the city is afraid. And it's kind of hard to explain that to like out of town people. It's not just like one block, of course they had it like a lot worse and I'm not minimizing their experience, but I feel like the entire city was like, you could feel the fear. You could feel the of tension. Course. You could feel like this nervous energy or, or the streets were empty with like on a day that there would usually be people out and about with their families, walking their dogs. Absolutely. It was very visible that it was like, oh, something's wrong right now. Yeah. 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 No, people weren't going out. And you know, I would try to explain to people that, because again, I went down most days, I went through the occupation most days mm-hmm. and I was careful. I mean, I was cautious, you know, yeah, I didn't yell at anybody or you know, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say just leave anything. me alone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I just yeah. lost. You know, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I didn't like, I didn't, yeah. 
confront anyone or anything, but I would go down and sometimes I'd have to talk to them, uh, but whatever. But I would, I would tell people, you know, it wasn't while I was on Kent or on Wellington or bank even where I was in felt in any danger. Yes. But when I was walking home down Somerset, Mm -hmm. when I was walking home down Lisgar, when, when you were outside Mm -hmm. of it and it was the, you know, the, 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 people who sympathized, who came into the city and were just in the neighborhoods, just yeah. driving around, just yeah. being around. That's where, that's where the harassment really yes. took place, yeah. right? Yes. It was yes. outside of the yes. actual convoy. And I think back to, you know, the, the, the apartment building on Lisgar where they had yeah. the fire set, yeah. the arson and, and, you know, police just this past week, and it, you know, it, it upset me the way that they framed it because they said, you know, not not part of the convoy and I was like well no maybe this person didn't drive an 18 wheeler yes. from Saskatchewan okay sure yes but they were here because they sympathized they were they were yeah. doing what they were doing because they were sympathetic to the you yeah. know the messaging yeah. the white supremacist the that yeah. underlying hatred so they were part of the convoy but yes. they you know just because they weren't parked on a street and 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 that's exactly what you're 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 describing, Joe. Is that that seeped out from Centertown throughout the yeah. city? It did. Yeah. No matter oh, where 100%. you went. Yeah. Yeah. And you almost felt, you almost felt like, for yeah. me anyway, I never left the house except to go into Centertown, like ever. So I live right. I live right near the shop, and it was the kind of thing where me and um, my roommates yes. like even though yeah. we didn't live in center town, we knew to stay home. Oh, we're staying home this weekend. And everyone I talked to, Oh, we're staying home. Like my staff, I, and even walking home, I'd say to my staff, are you safe walking home? Do you want me to drive you home tonight? Like what's, and we, we were far out. We weren't even yeah. going into center town to walk home, but it yeah. was that kind of urgency to like, just get home. Let's wait this out. Kind of. I don't thing. know. Like you felt guilty enjoying yourself outside of center town. Right. So uh, people weren't, people were yeah. just, yeah, yes. we were in shock. Yes. We were sitting in shock. There's, there's no doubt about it. Right? It was, yeah. I think when people started mm-hmm. sharing mm-hmm. Um, their audio of what the mm-hmm. horn sounded like, when I started hearing that, and like, I saw it a lot on Instagram stories and I would hear it, I started feeling um, very guilty about the fact that I didn't have to deal with that. And then I started being like, yeah, I wonder if I should ask yeah. people if they want to come stay with me. Like, I didn't know how to get, like, how do you get that many people out of that situation? And I started being like, mm-hmm. as a person, what can I oh, do? Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? It's like that kind of yeah. thing. Where and, like, and it was, there was a collective you know, about yeah. what was happening to a neighborhood, right? Yeah, yeah, that we shared. And as a result, yeah. people weren't going out. Yeah. You know, they weren't going shopping. They weren't just enjoying themselves. They weren't going out for, I mean, some yeah. obviously, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. But overall, like there was this kind of this this heaviness in the city, right? Yeah. Starting in May, Ottawa Markets is expanding offerings in Ottawa with five distinct markets. The return of the Byward Public Market means the building at 55 Byward Market Square will soon be encircled by vendors offering eclectic products to tourists and locals alike. The oldest market in the city returns this year with new and returning vendors. As the second oldest market in Ottawa, the Parkdale Public Market offers the best products around. Beginning in May, the market supplies the gardens and the tables of the Wellington West neighborhood with the best Ottawa has to offer. Take a stroll through the market and relax in Parkdale Park this summer. The York Street Farmer's Market returns for its second season in 2022. The producer-only market is popping up, and quite frankly, popping off, up on Saturday mornings on York Street from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Come on on down. (laughs) Come on down and meet local farmers offering the best Ottawa has to offer. Oh, do you like going out at night? Do you like partying on Wednesdays and Thursdays? Well, you're going to love these new night markets like the Byward Night Market, which launches on June 9th and runs every Thursday until September from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. with exciting programming, including music and dance. Returning for its second year, the Parkdale Night Market expands the offering of the market to new producers and growers with distinct products. Evenings at the night market are an opportunity for Ottawans. Ottomans. 
Ottomans. <laughs> Ottoman for Ottomans to interact with their community into the twilight hours. Ooh. Twilight. Swing, swing by the Parkdale Market from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Wednesdays, beginning in June. Okay, why are markets even good? What is even the point of going to them? This is something you might be asking yourself. Well, let me tell you something, okay? You think you like local? You think you like this podcast? Well, some of our most famous guests from this podcast have booths at these markets, including... Top Shelf Preserves, Mushu, Bacchanel, Culture Kombucha. You know what I'm talking about? Ray, what about some of the farmers who are going to be there? Well, some of the ex- farmers we're excited to have back this year are Rutabaga Ranch, Vintage Soil Farm, Little Green Farm. So cute. So cute. And probably the best thing about Ottawa Markets is at the Parkdale Night Market, Little Joe Berries is going to have a booth. Wow. Okay, so it's probably the best thing. Podcast is pretty biased. (laughs) (laughs) You Uh, ask me. Also, uh, not included in this commercial, but important to note, uh, Ottawa Markets is actually throwing a vegan food festival with Little Joe Berries, Vegans Who Snack Food Festival. So I guess you can kind of say, like, Ottawa Markets really knows what's cool. Yeah, they love snacks. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways... We're going to add links for their socials, but go check it out. Find out what's going on. The thing about the night markets that's awesome is if you're someone who works on weekends like me and Ray, you can actually go to it. You can actually see people. You can shop locally. And it's awesome because they're outside. So you can see people, but there's still like a little bit of safety in place around you know what. Okay. (laughs) See you at the market. And then I wanted to ask you, so... Obviously, like those few weeks were very intense for you. And I know you were, like you said, delivering dog food. And mm-hmm. um, I know you were like mm-hmm. taking meetings <laughs> in the convoy. And I guess what I want to ask is like, as someone who has to navigate those situations and be really present, what is your kind of like, um, how do you step away? How do you create boundaries for you to like, okay, I've been so involved and I've been so worn down by it. Like, how do I recover now so that I can be present to like be a leader for my community? Yeah, well, I, I mean, this, this was, the occupation was like nothing any of us have ever experienced, myself included, right? So like I've had rough times yeah. at council yeah. and, yeah. you know, heavy times and, yeah. you know, um, where you, you know, you just try not to do much for a week or two or, you know, you can't, but this was, yeah. yeah, this was different. So in the, in the midst of it, I'll be honest, I never took 15 minutes. I felt like I couldn't, I, I was so, I was so afraid every yeah. day that somebody was yeah. going to get hurt that I just, I just felt that I couldn't, I couldn't step away from it. Mm-hmm. I did, however, I did, however, uh, cause I do anyway, uh, I get up at five o'clock almost every morning and I, and I go for a run, right? So I go into the woods. <laughs> I go mostly into the woods. I didn't go into the okay. woods. I felt yeah. like that was too yeah. far for me to travel. Like the yeah. was in the morning, uh, but I would get up and I would go to the Arboretum yeah. and I would run for yeah. an hour. So, I, so I had that, right. I had that almost every morning, not every morning, but yeah. maybe four mornings a week. Yeah. Then it, when yeah. it was over, I have to admit, like I was fatigued for, like almost two weeks. Yeah. Like I had a hard time staying awake all day. <laughs> like I'd wake up and of I'd course, think, yeah. oh, I wonder like I have a break today. Yeah. Like I'm like, have a nap and like, that never happens. Right. So yeah. it really was, it really was yeah. a time when people came together. I felt a lot of community support, like for each other, uh, that battle of Billings bridge that day, yeah. we all went down to yeah. Billings and stopped them from coming in. Oh, that gave yes. me so much joy. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, okay, I'm ready to so cool. battle for another yeah, whatever, know. right? I yeah. know. Yeah, and, and so just know. having the community yeah. kind yeah. of come together to to protect that neighborhood, to protect the the this businesses, the people, you know, yeah. the yeah. it really, yeah, it it really was something that we don't always experience, right? Like we go about our own businesses, you know, we yeah. go about our daily lives, but I, f- I found, I took a lot of solace in that. Also, I have to say that I was, 
I mean, I was receiving hundreds of emails a day. It was very hard to stay on top of them. And I like to respond to at least the vast majority I I respond to, even if it's just to say thank you. But yeah, it was hard to even stay on top of do that. Hundreds, but they came from across the city of people who were concerned about what was happening and and across the country. And you know where most from across the country came? It was, I'm not sure why, bit of a phenomenon, I guess. British Columbia. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I don't and I don't know why. I don't oh, know really? what it is about BC, okay. but every day I'd get two or three emails from somebody in BC saying, see what's happening and it's terrible. And if there's some way yeah. of letting people know we're thinking about them, right? Yeah. And that and that did help. When I would talk to Oof, people, I would yeah. say, you know what? You're not alone. Like people across the yes. city, across the yeah. country, like I'm hearing from others. So so that helped as well. Yeah. That helped to yeah, to kind of, yeah, get, get through and to find some, yeah. that kind of support. Yeah. I honestly, like, I can't imagine how much you've must've been like bombarded with all kinds of messages. Cause I know mm-hmm. early on you put up a statement, um, about what was going on and I'm sure like, we don't have to get into it, but I'm obviously oh, yeah. sure like, although yeah. you got positive, I'm sure you got a lot of negative as well. So I, I know how hard it can be to like, when you're public again, receive that stuff and you know, move through it. So yeah, I appreciate that. You know what? You, you, yeah. Some, sometimes it's a bit difficult. Sometimes you're like, Oh, you know, it can, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, one weekend we had to actually take our daughter and, and have her go stay with somebody. We were getting too personal. The threats were too personal. Um, oh yeah, you know, like that kind yeah. of stuff is really, so sorry. you know, it's really, you wonder why people kind of stoop to that, but anyway, it, it happens. Yeah. Um, but overall, you know what the negativity is. So I'll tell you, honestly, you know, in social media, there's different platforms and you expect platforms, um, respond different, you know, different way. Right. And so on Twitter, you expect hatred. Like uh, I get it all the time. Right. And I'm just like, I just, I know, I know, I'm just like, I I just think I have to ignore it. Right. I I just do. Right. I'm just like, okay. Um, and then yeah, but on course. Instagram, it's yeah. usually like nice stuff, right? Like that's where you go put your pictures of your dog and stuff. So I'd put yeah. that statement there and oh my gosh, I was like, yeah. well, I just, I just deleted it yeah. all. Like I was like, you know what? I'm not, like, I'm not leaving this hateful stuff up on my Instagram and yeah. I would just delete the posts. I'm like, I'm just deleting them because I, I don't, I don't want other people to read this. Like this is, yeah. yeah. And, and most of them weren't from Ottawa anyway, right? They just yeah. jump on from wherever. So I, yeah, I have a strict, I have a strict policy with that as well. Sure. Like I definitely want to make room for everyone to be heard. Yeah. But as soon as it's like abusive or threatening to me or my staff, like delete and block, there's no, I don't believe in keeping that stuff. And another thing I find is kind of dangerous is like sometimes your other followers might try to like <sighs> chime in and defend you. And then it causes like- yeah, no really intense conflict and maybe put yeah. them at risk yeah yeah like, oh to, no I do the same like they're like, you know different platforms yeah. like Facebook Instagram I'm like no no yeah. no we're not we're not leaving that up there it's not the place for it right if you want to call me yeah. and say that to me that's fine or you yeah. want to write me a letter an email and say that to me that's fine and don't I mean yeah I'd rather you didn't it's like but, don't but you know yeah. at least yeah. you can, but, it is it is don't, the more appropriate that's right? been and, more appropriate you know like yeah obviously I have residents yeah. who you know, get upset with decisions I make or things I can't do, you know, they ask me yes. for something, I say, no, yes, of I course. can't. And, of course. Um, yeah. and, you know, they can get heated yeah. and they can be upset and, you know, through email and we go back and forth a little bit, Yeah. but it's all respectful, right? Like as long as it's respectful, I'm okay with people, mm-hmm. you know, with people having disagreements, yeah. but yeah, when it's in that public yeah. forum and it becomes, goes into kind of that abusive space. So Yeah. 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 That's, that's Hateful, a bit much. Kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's no need for it. Okay. I want to hop off this topic and just as we're ending our time, okay. I want to talk about <laughs> something positive before we end. <laughs> okay. I want to ask you, what are some of your like favorite go-to, like your takeout? What are your spots oh, in the city? We have a few. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's well, do again, it. We live- <laughs> you know, Chinatown, little Italy area. So obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So, so much. much. Yeah. Like, so much. Yeah, half of Chinatown is yeah. our go-to, right. For, for, for yeah. takeout. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We love pizza. Like we're a pizza family. So. Okay. Pizza. <laughs> so there's yeah. a little pizza shop, like up at, um, 
Laposteria. It's uh, Pastisseria, I think it's called. That's awful. I'm obviously the one, okay. not the one that looks it up. It's at Beach, Beach in Preston. <laughs> it's this family who just, okay. oh, it used to be um, Stoneface Dollies. I don't know if you remember that building. Okay. Yeah, no, I know exactly where it is. Yeah. Started this little pizza shop and w- not long ago, like during yeah. the, during COVID. Oh my and God, so rough. We, yeah, yeah. We kind of fumbled onto it. Yeah. Often we go in there to take out. We always yeah. took out and there'd be nobody else and just us and we worried about them and they were yeah. so lovely. Yeah. And now you go in and there's lots of people eating there. So Good. it's on. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So, you know, obviously there and stay gold on Elgin and yeah. you know, there's yeah. there's 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 a few uh pizza shops that that we uh that we order out of Red Apron. Like we yeah. have, yeah, we you know pizza family. <laughs> pizza family. So we, you know, we have a 14 year old, so you know, Susie Q. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were in little Joe Berry's the other day yes. getting, getting her cookies, um, you know, so, and, and now, you know, I find that, um, I don't know, like, I, I mean, we, we do order in probably once a week, yeah. you know, we're yeah. both busy and come the weekend, we're always like, okay, let's, let's get something to, to bring in. But there's just such a, a wealth of good food places in Ottawa like we're so lucky like every time I always feel like I go to the same places like want to go for dinner Mm, 613 right I I want to but then I'm like oh yeah Yeah. so it's you know we we are really fortunate like we have like cool shops like yours Mushu ice cream you know Arlington five like all of these cool little places that you can go to, all of these cool places that you can like eat in or take out. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. It, and it doesn't matter what you like. Yeah. Like there's something, there's something good. There's so much. And, yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. The food scene in Ottawa is really like kind of exploding in the last few years. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it's one of the best. Yeah. Like I, yeah. Like I go, we go to Montreal. Yes. Um, yeah. Not frequently, but regularly yeah. enough, right? It's not very far. And, you know, and I don't like. I find Ottawa in terms of the food scene, everybody's good. Like everybody's okay, Montreal. Like, <laughs> I do. Watch I'm your back, Montreal. Challenge. I love that. Yeah, I mean, like I don't cook at all at home. Like I never use my kitchen. Yeah, yeah. I only eat like takeout or literally old food from the shop so I very much support what you're saying there's like a lot of (laughs) options here and then my last question for you is just is there anything to promote anything you want to talk about anything coming up yeah this will come in about a month so if there's anything you want to kind of like Mm. mention well I mean in a month from now I will be officially registered um in the mayoral race okay yeah, yeah. So I've yes. I've made the decision that uh, I'm I'm not going to seek counsel again in, yep. in Somerset Ward, yep. um, and uh, and I'm going to register to run for mayor. So that it. will yeah. the register yeah the registration will happen early May. That's that's you you can't register until May. So yep. I'm going to uh, immediately when when we can. And uh, you know what? I really am excited about. Um, the conversations that we'll have. I think yeah. that I think that it's good for any city to have like choice, right? Yeah. And I think I, I'm hopeful yeah. that we'll have, you know, a good number of serious candidates, yeah. uh, that there will be a suite of platforms yeah. for people to consider. You know, I expect to have a change platform and 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 have those conversations. I think for me, it's about thinking about how you make your city better for yeah, everyone, how yeah. you progress it, how you make it healthier, greener, mm-hmm. better connected, um, and and then let people choose. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be an exciting yeah summer and early fall. That yeah. that element you said of just being feeling better connected, like to me, having someone run for mayor who feels like an accessible person who I can actually like relate to talk to like it's so important to me because I've always felt like I didn't really not just feel represented but I didn't really have a lot of interest in politics nobody feels like someone I care about and I have to say I'm very excited seeing you run for mayor because it's like 
regardless what happens, like, it's just so inspiring, not only because like, you know, being queer, non-binary, trans, whatever, also just you are in the community and you are actually like shopping locally and advocating for resources for underserved um, people in the city. And it's just like really special um, for me to see that. And I just feel like (laughs) I just, I just feel like I relate to you so much when I see you posting and what you're talking about. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. And I'm very excited to see what comes. Like, I'm just feeling very hopeful for Mm -hmm. the city, to be honest. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And again, I think it's, I really do think it's, it, it is such a, an opportunity to really think about what kind of what 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 kind of city do we want right like I don't believe that I hope people don't like I don't believe people want the status quo I think that we we need to move forward we need we need some change back to you like getting to talk to people (laughs) and yeah yeah and to interact and across the city like yeah you know, being a local counselor is fantastic, but up until recently, when we decided to go out for dinner and do something, I was always like, I think we should stay in Somerset Ward. Like, yeah. I think we should always, like, you know, you want to support of course. your local yeah. economy, right? Yeah. Although, you know, Hintonburg, West Wellington, like, they're pretty close to where I live. So <laughs> you sneak out I sometimes. Always, always, yeah. I always yeah. sneak out. <laughs> Jeff people would see me and be like, out of my ward, McKinney. <laughs> Like I know, I know. Yeah. Um, But now, you know, the city could be that, right? Like I can travel around a bit more. And yeah. yeah. Anyway, I I appreciate you saying that. That's really nice. Amazing. Well, that's all the questions I have. So thank you for your time. Again, I really appreciate talking. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Welcome to a segment we like to call business cuts and. Today, we're actually going to be talking about my biggest pet peeve when people talk to me. I'm actually surprised we've... That's it. That's just... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just try don't. Yeah. Um, No, we're going to talk about something. And I can't believe we haven't talked about this before because I have such a short fuse around it. The expression, you know what you should do. Oh, God. I always... And I might have talked about it before, but... I always in those situations just go, yes, because Mm -hmm. I don't want the conversation to keep going. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. I noticed, I feel like even if I'm in the room and I see it happening and I'm like, oh no, (laughs) this person never had a chance. (laughs) It's just like, and I know it's like one of those things, like we all have like such a, like a knee jerk reaction to say that to people. Like, I think it's just something we say when we talk to people but and I say it too sometimes I always try to be mindful and be like well you know some some options or this might be a neat idea but I would only actually offer that if the person was like asking Mm -hmm. and I feel like there's like um I don't know if it's like if it's like plays into like how I'm perceived but it's something like I've always dealt with especially in business Mm -hmm. and I I'm more chill in my older years as a business owner, but in like the first year or two, like you can also like um, back me up on this. It was like wild. Yeah. Mr. Little Joe's. Mr. Little Joe. <laughs> That's mail that you got one time. <laughs> Mr. Little Joe. Every uh, email or mail addressed to the owner, dear sir. Yeah. Like it's wild and like. Or people would come in and be like, you do you own the shop, right? And I'm like, I feel like it Help. got, <laughs> yeah, I got, it got to a point where I'd, especially if you were there, I'd get to have such a, an adverse reaction. Where I'm like, no, it's not me actually. It, I feel like it I got, would panic. I feel like it got so bad that people assumed you were the decision maker all the time that like, it, it's just like so uncomfortable now when people do it for you. Like, I feel like you'll be like, I'll ask Joe what they want. I'll ask Joe. Yeah. Joe will have to tell us. Like, I feel like you just keep saying it over and over. And then it's like, (laughs) do you know any other words? Right. They're like, what if you made a decision? I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's not my business. They'll get so mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing about um, people not ever thinking someone like me could own a business is I can dodge a lot of salesmen that way. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's one cool thing. Like one time this guy was complaining about something he didn't like. Not even a regular, just like a a random walk-in. And he said to me, 
well, you should tell the owner to fix this. And I said, yeah, I'll say something. I'll give him an earful. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, I'm not, I don't care. You're not going to come back here. I'm not going to waste my effort, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think you've seen that too where people will be like, is the owner here? And I'll be like, not today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I, there was a period where before, like especially before COVID when like the shop was a little more accessible when we had seating and people were walking around the shop a bit more like people would do that thing where they would step into a, a operating kitchen for some reason which oh my god which you shouldn't do but yeah. even like even from a safety standpoint like you don't know what's going on back there but i mean it would be mostly be men just being like oh yeah i'm just popping in and yeah. it'd just be like trying to talk to you and i'm like no what are you doing we had so much signs too I know we had signs everywhere that said, stop, don't go in the kitchen. It's for staff only, please. Mm. But just every, like, I can't even imagine walking in a kitchen anywhere and being like, listen to my thoughts. No, it's like if you went to like a retail store, you wouldn't walk in back into the warehouse. Behind the counter and be like, I'm selling. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> yeah. I'm a cashier. Well, one time I was having dinner at, um, citizen delicious and i was like watching the kitchen door and i just watched someone just like a random person just go in the kitchen just to be like i just want to let them know what i thought and i remember thinking like what like it's a, it's a nice thought obviously but it's just like you know that's one thing like that's nice about um and nothing's been nice in the last two years so that's one thing that's nice about covid is we have like um, those curtains up now so people can't just barge into the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, if we're going to take any positives out of COVID, um, it's that we can really reaffirm our boundaries a little more with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, boundaries are great. Yeah, what's the deal with boundaries? Like have them. <laughs> yeah, I love boundaries. I feel like we're in that really interesting time. Speaking of COVID, we're in that really interesting time of COVID. Um where for a lot of people it doesn't exist anymore and for me it does mm. and i always say to ray like i have no friends anymore because i don't do anything because i'm still so afraid of covid mm -hmm. how are you feeling about that um i'm definitely nervous i would say i'm not that i'm less nervous about about it than you it's yeah. just more like i feel like it only hits me when i'm in a particular scenario yeah. and someone is not uh, still mindful about COVID. Yeah. And I'm kind of, it's kind of like shocking. I think like seeing like this past week, like seeing bread by us close for like a week and th them being mm -hmm. our neighbors, but also like them being a business who've been like as strict as us about having people mask only two people in the store at a time. All their staff wears like, like the KN95 masks all the time. And seeing like, oh, their staff had COVID and they had to close. I think it like really shook me up a little bit about like, yeah, we're also being careful, but it's just really unpredictable now. Mm -hmm. And it is really realistic that most small businesses, if there's like staff who get it or, you know, whatever, they will have to close to isolate. Mm -hmm. And that's like another... uh another hit to sales that's like another week without normal sales after you know two years of not having yeah. normal sales i think it's just got me really stressed mm -hmm. so you know what you should do wear masks <laughs> <laughs> um, full circle yeah i really brought that joke around but uh i don't want to hop into covid too much it's just really like in the front of my mind right now but i don't want to um, only talk about that. I'm just having one of those weeks where I'm just dodging it a lot. And then I'm all my coworkers are dodging it. And we're all luckily like not getting COVID. But I think it's just something we're all really like, you know, like when your hand is holding something too tight mm -hmm. and you do that little like fist because mm -hmm. you're anxious. That's mm -hmm. like what it's been like all week. Yeah. Um, don't give unsolicited advice to anyone ever but do 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 but 
Uh, bye. Bye. <laughs> well, 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 we've reached the end of another episode. Business Baby Podcast was created, produced, and edited by Little Joe. Big thanks to Ray for his help on commercials and providing pretty funny conversation. And of course, thank you to Jesse for his jingles and theme song. If you want to follow any of our sponsors or guests, you can find links in the bio for their accounts. And speaking of sponsors we love, big thank you to our season-long sponsor, EnviroCenter and Ottawa Green Business. And of course, our episode sponsor, Ottawa Markets. Make sure to give them a follow and stay on top of all the events coming to the city. And a big thank you to you for listening. We appreciate ya. Bye.